Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the Marketers Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Good afternoon everybody, it's a Monday, it's Axon Bulletin and me and Russell are the Monday Club, the only club where you can have a couple of pints on a Monday afternoon and get a chippy tea and nobody judges you whatsoever. Russell, how are you doing today? I'm alright mate, it is the day after, yet again on a Monday Club, um, it's not a great result to be talking about again, um, the dust has settled a bit. And I'm feeling probably as much apathy as the Celtic team were yesterday today, mate. Before we get into yesterday's game, um, we're nearly at 10,600 YouTube subscribers. So if there's anybody in the comments whatsoever, please subscribe. 
and get us over that mark. I mean, we've actually got more subscribers than a lot of Premier League uh, football teams, which is quite amazing. Which is quite amazing. So we we need to we need to get more subscribers. Um, we're now we're now averaging about three broadcasts a day, and they range from everything from parent team podcasts to Celtic podcasts. There's something from there, there's something from for anybody for everybody there. Um, so we need to talk about your La Chique Belgique tracksuit top today. <laughs> Where's this one coming from? I'll be honest to you, mate. I typed in like into Google, like Adidas Anthem jacket, because that's like what the Sweden one was from years ago. And up popped this brand new from like Trade Sports or something, seven pound ninety nine. Seven pound ninety nine. Reduced for sixty five quid. I was like, because we only had it in excess left. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, I still have an extra small, so. Aye, ah, days, man. 7.99, <laughs> you, you sure it's no made in Turkey? No, sure definitely no one, not. Sure it's no one uh, of the Turkish fakes, no? I no. double check everything, my man. I, I checked the, uh, the the rest of the stock on the on the site and everything was else was all massively priced and that, so the jobs are good in, man. Just a bargain. But that's the half a bargain, £7.50. Uh, that, that's that, that's cracking top. I like it. I do like I, it. Sure. I think, I, I think we, we probably need to actually speak about, well, I'll, I'll start speaking about it. Um, after Thursday night, there was a lot of stuff happened after uh, the, the Glenn Kamara thing happened on Thursday night. And what's actually happened over the, like, the last couple of days, we've seen instances and where... Scottish society's got a long way to go uh, if we think that we're not racist. Because when, uh, when the racist train pulled into the station, eh, there was, there was a, quite a few folk jumped on the wrong carriage. And it doesn't matter. There's no good raci- racism and there's no, but there's only bad racism. There's no yep. good racism. And you can't choose what side, what's good and what's bad. It's all bad. And we need to get on, we need to get on with that. Um, Look, mm-hmm. if you're if you're anti-racist, then you're all in. It doesn't matter. You can't choose sides. You can't choose what's good and what's bad. It is all bad. And if you're going to like, give up, I mean, what was it? What was it the young ones call it the virtual virtual signal? Is that what you call it when you're online boasting about shouting about? Uh, you can't what I mean when you're shouting about like, like racism and mm-hmm. sexism and stuff like that. You need to practice what you preach. Absolutely. You, you, you just can't. You just can't say. You, you, there's no room for what about and racism, and there's no room for taking sides in racism. It's all bad. That's a bottom line, and we need to move. And, and that needs tackled, and we need educated on that. Anytime anything sees anybody, anybody sees anything racist, like you call it out and we kick it out. You don't take sides. It doesn't matter who it happens to. It doesn't matter who it is. It is utterly deplorable, unacceptable. And I'm talking about the whole of Scottish society here. There's been a couple of times over the weekend I've had to look at myself in the mirror and, and go, wait a minute, what, what kind of bus am I on here? And we've all got to look in the mirror and make sure. Are It's what John Barnes spoke about uh, earlier on. It's an unconscious bias. That's it. Mm-hmm. We have got that. Scottish society still got that. And we really have to move on and re-educate ourselves. Eh? So... Anything you want to add, Russell, to that, my, my wee improv, improv rant there? <laughs> no, I absolutely love it. I think, it's, I think you're absolutely right. There's no, 
you know, there's no football team that, you know, that you can support that would separate your racial views. You know, you've got to be firmly on the fence that it's wrong. And anyone who's not on that side of it, I strongly urge them to reconsider their thought process. Um, 2021, I'm lucky enough to have had a lot of friends over the years of different ethnic backgrounds and it's something that I just completely abhor. I hate it. And uh, yeah, absolutely. I do agree with you. I think there's a lot of self-righteous people out there that maybe contradict themselves on certain game days um, or match days or in certain other environments, of course, as well. They really should practice what they preach. And, you know, it's not always about setting a strong message. It's about taking self, you know, responsibility as well for your actions. I think that's really important. Um, it's, it's just as important as sending out the message that we are actually taking responsibility for what, what it is we're saying other times. Maybe, I, as you say, a more susceptible point in time where, you know, we could be a wee bit of a looser tongue of things. That it's important to take a responsibility of yourself and, you know, stay on the right train, as you as you said, Kev, because uh, there's no place for it anymore. And, there isn't any, there, there is, there is any place for it, but when we have got to tackle it head on, and that's even from, I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll be quite honest here, I, a lot of folks say I went doing a socialist uh, wormhole last last Monday, which is fair play. But I didn't want any fascists or racists in the Celtic support, bottom line. But I know there is fascists and racists in the Celtic support. And unfortunately, over the last couple of days, there's been a lot of petty mindedness. Also came into the Celtic support, which we need, which we need to highlight and kick out as well. We've got yep. to move on. So it's... It's as you say, it's 2021. If you see racism, you kick it out. As you say, Russell, eh? we're all we're all one human race. That's it. We are all one human race, and everybody is welcome on this planet. Absolutely. And I've just, just said, unless you're a fascist or a racist, that is. So <laughs> <laughs> let me just clarify. So I've just, I've just contradicted myself. So so there we go. Right, let's talk about that game yesterday. Right. Um, what, what was your thoughts? I felt, uh, I think it's really easy to blame the management team and all that this season. We've done that all year. Um, if I'm completely honest, I, I, how big a change did we expect John Kennedy to make, considering he has been part of the good times, as I've said before, for balance, but he is 100% uh, part of the problem this season. And that's been proven this, uh, since he took over. There is a, a thought process that perhaps he's not wanting to rock the boat, and I kind of get that because he doesn't want it. He doesn't want to, you know, uh, make any crazy decisions that make it look really obvious he's not good enough for the job. But for me, the players need to take a huge responsibility as well. Surely it's in your instinct as a footballer, um, and you're on that pitch yesterday that Rangers were happy with the draw and were there for the taking. Rangers, a lot of them, I think, were out in their feet um, to a point. I think they got the goal and went, all we're trying to do is protect the unbeaten record here. Uh, and for Celtic not to be trying to play further up the patch, just a wee bit more intensity. I actually thought Celtic like they were very much out of ideas. And that impulsiveness um, that we spoke about earlier on in the season when Neil Lennon often relies on just moments of magic for players as opposed to coaching them through it. Those players don't look like they've got as many moments of magic left in them than what they perhaps have delivered over the last five or six years. Um Worryingly, I actually thought Rangers, although when they went forward, were far less, it was far less often. I actually thought they they were giving me a more a more of a gut feeling. They they had more of a cutting edge than us. 
Um, I know the penalty should have been a penalty, but there's no point in dwelling on that. We knew those decisions would go against us anyway, as far as I'm concerned. No, I, think that, I, I, I do think there is a reason to dwell on it because once again, I mean, I've, I've actually defended Willie Collum at times just saying he's a poor referee. But yesterday, he didn't even see it. He was, sta- he, he, he was standing behind a, a, a Rangers player. He didn't see it. He made a call on what he actually saw, no. he, what, what he didn't see. And yesterday, for me, it was blatant cheating. Blatant cheating. It wasn't, it wasn't even a bad decision. It was a blatant cheat. He well, didn't, I, I mean, for me, for me, it's a penalty kick. He didn't need to make contact. The tackle was rash and uncontrolled. It's a foul. It's a penalty kick. But for me, yeah, I mean, like for any other any other league in Europe, gives that as a penalty. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think uh, obviously there were we were talking about decision making and things like that on Thursday when the when, when the Rangers game was on and they had two red cards against them and obviously I've seen a lot of Twitter posts saying you know. This is what happens, you know, when it's uh, not not Scottish referees. And I'm not a huge conspiracy theorist or, or, or anything like that, but you've got to call it as you see it. Uh, and Willicombe didn't do that yesterday. We've got to call it as we see it on here. And there was no right, there was no right for, uh, there's no realistic reasoning you can give him not 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 to give that penalty. That is stonewall, as you say, in any league, any European competition in the world. Um, a lot of people worry about, oh, did it actually trip him, did it not? Um, I, but my, my belief that, you know, in, in the modern day football, it's all about contact. He made illegal contact with Edward, no two ways about it, and a clean goal scoring opportunity. It's a stone, it's stone wall. You don't need to make contact. The tackle was reckless and the ball wasn't there to be won. Yep. The, ball wasn't, the ball was away when he dived in. So, yeah, uh, 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 so you didn't need to make contact. It's a reckless challenge in the box. It's a penalty kick. Any other yep. league in Europe that that gets given. Um, for me, I'm going to go back to a couple of things that he says, eh? That we're like a damp firework that you find in, in, the, in the hut, eh? Like the big berfer that fell out the box and you go, <laughs> get, get in there, I'm, go- I'm, going to, I'm going to light this in the daylight and see what actually happens with big berfer here, eh? So you light it and it goes bang, bang, bang a couple of times and it just fizzles out and just collapses in a bit of gunpowder. On, on your grass, eh? That's Celtic. We we look like we can be. I'm going to swear here. It looks like we can be arsed at certain times. Then we just go. I would just kind of really be bothered. We're we're playing with a handbrake on. We're completely playing with a handbrake on. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and and it's and it's like we've got the Scottish Cup to defend, but it looks like the players are like me. I've checked out for this season. And the players have checked out. They get to a certain point and they just go, we're not actually bothered. I mean, we controlled that game yesterday. I don't think it is as bad a performance as what folk made it. Uh, I kind of thought the guys that were on post-game yesterday were quite a bit negative. We controlled that game. We had numerous missed chances that we should have won. We We let the champions off the hook. We should have battered them yesterday. And a team that's operating at more at 60% capability would have battered Rangers yesterday. We didn't, uh, because we just didn't seem to be bothered. We just seem, didn't seem to be absolutely bored that we could actually do it. When we got to 65 minutes, we were gone. We know that we haven't got the fitness here. Let's just hope we didn't get beat. We might nick something. Then we get one to drop. from it as well. That's exactly, I felt that Rangers definitely knew in the second half uh, that 1-1 was actually quite a 
quite a decent result to be getting out of there. And if they snuck one on the counter, then that would have been a real added bonus. But really, I think they'd settled for one one. I think they probably decided that at half time. I got that vibe as well. I think we, I think we get that that vibe because the team's mentally tired and physically tired. The, the team's gone for this season, and we've got at least when you look you look on that park yesterday. Um, you've got Eddie, who's not going to be there. Moy, lone player. Laxalt, lone player. Um, let, let, let's go through Scott Bain, who is going to be. If we go for the back, Scott Bain's going to be there next season. Kenny who really, really annoyed me all day yesterday. I mean, Rangers won the trouble on us and he gives away that corner kick. As soon as, I, as soon as he gives away that corner kick and the mustard bean fashion that he gave it away, you're like, they're scoring for this. Because we can't keep wings at a close when it comes for, when it comes for, when it comes to corner kicks. And as soon as he gave away that corner, I was watching the game with my dad. And I went like that to my dad. I says, he's scoring. We're losing a goal for this. Because that's just because... That just sums up our season. That's, that, that, just says more, up. That, that says more about us than it does Kenny, to be fair, because you're going to give away corners that are maybe a bit ridiculous all season. That's going to happen. That is football. That's going to These things can happen. But what you can uh, play a role in is how Russell, you defend them. Russell, he gave away a corner kick when he was 40 years for a rain goal. Yeah, I know. But you can, you can lose corner kicks, though, in bizarre fashion throughout the season. What I'm saying is, you are going to concede a number of corner kicks every single week. The one thing you can do, though, is learn how to defend them on the training ground day in, day out. And whatever the freakish way a corner can arrive. And I've seen loads of different reasons for corner kicks. And I agree, it was a Mr Bean moment, you can say that. But the fact of the matter is, it's how you then defend that. The corner could have been a legit corner that came. As far as I'm concerned, we were still conceding from it anyway. No matter how we gave away that corner kick, that's what the real issue is. Do you know what I mean? Uh, that's, that's been that's been a con, that's been our issue all season, and uh, I can't remember if it was Anthony or Paul that says that she couldn't get a rustler under Christopher Ayer's feet when he actually jumped at that mm-hmm. point. Kenny mm-hmm. again, Kenny again lo- loses Mar- loses Morelos and allows him to actually take the chance into yeah. the, back, the back the back post. But for me again, I'm just absolutely fuming that we gave away the corner kick in the first place because he's 40 yards from his own goal. He panics and humps the ball out the park. What was he trying to do? What, yeah, I get what, what was he actually trying to do? We, I mean, we've had Kenny now since uh, January. And for me, I haven't seen anything better than Anthony Ralston on him. And again, I'm not putting that down to the guy. The guy's a, a, a decent EPL team. But what I think's actually up with him, he's just... He's just plasticined and moulded into the mentality of that dressing room, which is, we can't be arsed. And he knows that he's not going to be there next season. He knows that the five months are an utter uh, shammy a season at the club that he's in is not going to affect that he's going to end where his career is going to go. He's going to end up in the championship. He knows that anyway. And playing... It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. 
our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Did you know that yearly Medicaid renewals will start again soon? This means millions of people who were enrolled in Medicaid during the pandemic may no longer be eligible for coverage. If this may impact you, the good news is you have options. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield can help answer your questions so you can find an affordable health plan for you and your family. We want you to feel confident you're covered. Click to learn more. Policy exclusions and limitations apply. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield is the trade name of Blue Cross Blue Shield Healthcare Plan of Georgia, Inc. And playing poorly for four months in Scotland's not going to affect them. I agree, but I think the side, though, I think the side, I think you're saying about John, John Joe Kennedy is sort of moulded into the that Celtic mentality. I also think, whether they admit it or not, there is a huge crisis of confidence at Celtic right now as well. Um, in the playing squad. I think they, they just look, as I say, there's no moment of magic there. When they get the ball, they're not they're not ruthless anymore. They've not got that courage. It's a lack of belief. And I remember we were talking about Laxalt earlier on in the season. They actually had a good game yesterday. Um, but Laxalt seemed to dip after his first sort of five or six games, even though the results weren't particularly good when he started out. His confidence seemed to dwindle um, and go into the sort of tying in with the rest of the squad as well um, after that and yeah Kenny just seems to have picked up the whether you want to call it can't be arsed or whether it's um, lack of self-belief maybe it's a combination of both but yeah he seems to have picked up that infection a lot quicker than uh, than even Laxalt did at the start of the season you know well aye we haven't had the dead cat bounce which sometimes bringing in uh new manager or a change of voice in the dugout actually brings and it's it's quite a it's quite noticeable that or you can maybe now like get to the the point that maybe John Kennedy had more of an input into Neil Lennon's Celtic than we gave him credit for or discredit for uh, as we move forward because he seems to be going with the tried and tested and nothing seems to be tra- changing the only thing it changed yesterday that, that it took 80 minutes to make a sub which was uh, quite quite baffling when you had Ryan Christie on the park again being a waste of a jersey and we're talking about players that have checked out yeah, that's another player that's checked out Ryan Christie's checked out his, eye, his eyes on three games for Scotland in the summer and getting a move to England He's going into the last year of his contract. And has he ever turned up for us against Rangers? I don't think he has. No, I couldn't agree more. I thought he was so quiet yesterday. It was unbelievable. Um, and not for the first time in a Glasgow derby as well as he been posted missing. I think it was JP yesterday who said the brilliant line on, uh, you know, if his head's out the door, then he can, you know, his feet can follow. <laughs> Something like that, because... Um, I don't see any future for Ryan Christie. I think he is one of the players uh, that we've known for a long time that has maybe made noises that he wanted to leave 
and then maybe the Lennon, Lennon was referring to. Um, some moments of brilliance, brilliance from him over the past couple of seasons. Um, but I think, you know, with a year to go, we're not going to put in an amazing offer to try and retain him, I don't think, after his disappointing uh, return of form this year. I appreciate he'll probably be quite high in the assist column, but he starts nearly every single game. You know, he's got maybe 12 assists, 13 assists. What's that in 50 starts, 45 starts? Someone will know. But it seems like he starts almost every game. And yeah, there seems to be a lack of um, willingness to take him off as well. And yet you contrast and compare with a far better player in far better form and at every opportunity he has taken off. Um, I don't even do Turnbull Bingo on the Twitter anymore because I was going to run out of run out of chomps, mate, because uh, they were, there was going to be one, a sub every, two, every twice a week. So, it's sad what's going on there. Um, I don't get the Ryan Christie persistence, especially if, you, if we all know he wants to leave and he's not going to be there next season. We're running the risk of just only cheesing off someone who probably is a lot more likely to still be there next year. Why? Why do what you can to annoy him um, when there's other options there to be taken off that were more glaringly obvious first and foremost on a footballing level. Um, and then secondly, with one eye on next season, I think Celtic are running the risk right now of cheesing David Turnbull off, or at least che- cheesing his agent off enough for him to tell David Turnbull, you shouldn't be put up with that, by the way. And that's why you're not in the Scotland squad, because the Scotland manager doesn't think you can last 90 minutes. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to disagree with that, mate. Um, I, again, I thought it was a strange substitution yesterday. Uh, I don't think Turnbull should have went off yesterday. I do I do feel in some of the games where he has been su- substituted that he has deserved to be substituted. Uh, but yesterday there was not one of them. I mean, you look at yesterday. We ended up with James Forrest and uh, David. No, no, David Turnbull. Uh, Lee Griffiths up front. In the summer, in the summer, we signed Albion Ayete, who is nowhere to be seen. Uh, and as Paul pointed out to me before we came on air, has never actually started a game against Rangers. Our box office big money signing has never actually started in the biggest game in the domestic calendar. What does that say? What does that say about the recruitment? It's, what? it's bizarre. Bizarre. It's, I mean, I mean, yesterday, when you look at the subs yesterday, the, 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 play, the, the players the, the players coming on, uh, James Forrest was basically, came on and basically was told, go and try and create something. Yep. Big Tam, Aussie Tam came on, go and try and create something. You bring on Lee Griffiths with three minutes to go, go, go and hit a 25-yard arsehole winder into the top, the top corner. Chris, eh, eh, Lee, it's rubbish, absolute rubbish. The, the, these players never came on with, with a tactical ploy. It was a ploy going, go on and do something for us because nothing's happening, nothing's going on. And it's, it's almost as if the management have checked out as well. Now, management know that they're not going to be there next season and they're going, right, let's just get us over the line and see what actually happens. And... As I keep on saying, we've got a Scottish Cup to defend and the club is just apathetic. Really, really apathetic. And we need somebody now, whether it's the teammate, whether it's off the field or on the field, to grab those players by the scruff of the neck and go, want to Ken Sahan, eh? You can get a bit of dignity out of this season, be winning the Scottish Cup. 
let's get a rocket up your arse and let's start doing something. But I, I, I think I think we're we're done. I think we're completely done. And if anybody gets us in a cup tie, they'll fancy us. They'll fancy to take us. Yeah, I think you're absolutely spot on. I mean, I was on here three weeks ago, being all positive and saying, look, or two weeks ago, whenever it was, saying like, let's go out and win the Scottish Cup, you know? Let's try and be positive. There's been a change in mind. There's a tournament that's going to go ahead now. It's there to be won. Let's beat Rangers twice and win the Scottish Cup. You can't help but feel that yesterday's, as you say, I think, performance of apathy, which is what it was, um, just suggests to us that it's too far gone now. Um, the you know that spread throughout the squad, whatever this malaise is, there's no you know you just don't see how. What is it to win the Scottish Cup? Four matches, five matches, four, four, four. Can you see Celtic? Because remember, whoever they're playing, it's their biggest game, sort of thing. It's huge for them. They're pumped up, they're fired up. It's a one-off chance against the team that's they know they're for the taking. They're playing. They're going to be playing with full of adrenaline, motivation, and with confidence against Celtic. Um, I just don't see Celtic being able to pull out that performance four times, and um, between now and the end of the season in that competition, and amongst what will probably inevitably be uh, further drop points in league matches between now and then as well. How are you going to pull these four games out of nowhere? Um, it won't be based on league form. I still expect that to be up and down in the final six. So I don't, I don't see any way Celtic pulling four uh, big, big performances out the bag. And if they do, I would love to be wrong because I've tried to be positive about all this. But yesterday was our first attempt at bringing some sort of redemption to the season, not solving anything, but giving hope again for the summer and maybe making us all feel better. And to be honest, Rangers after playing 120 minutes on Thursday um, and only playing for a draw at Celtic Park, for me, it was a shoeing for those boys um, to go and take them to the cleaners and they fell way, way short. They, they did fall, fall away. We did fall away way short. And I think the question that we've got to ask ourselves is, how did the club get us up for this? How did the club do it? And um, basically, the fact is, they didn't take the, the action against Lennon. Like, be paying them off earlier and we're, we're, we're sleepwalking this season we're sleepwalking to the end of the season for a lot of us that this the end of the season can it can it come quick enough yep. uh, and but we need some positivity to like to go forward with and even then we're now getting I don't mind the silence but the silence is eating at certain people nihilist that the silence is eating at certain sections of the support and we're now, we're now, there's a lot of us now having doubts. A lot of people now having doubts that we'll make the right choice going forward. Uh, you, you listen to Tony yesterday when we're talking about the, the Man City, maybe Fergal Harkin and Enzo Maresca. And Tony makes a great point. He says, well, Maresca, he's an under 23 manager who's been an assistant at a couple of places. Where has he got? the CV to take over Celtic. You've got guys who actually say, where's Eddie Howe's CV to take over at Celtic? And we're now in that apathetic point where whoever comes in is not going to pick up the support. You, you, you look at the, the numbers of that, the, the team, that the players yesterday, John Joe Kenny's not going to be there next season. 
Christopher Ayer is not going to be there next season. You've had uh, Stel Stapokin, the, the Norwegian manager, actually saying that he's got to leave Scottish football because he's developing bad habits because it's too easy. Yeah. I, tend, I tend to agree with him. I think Ayer has went into, like a lot of them, has went into neutral and is now just coasting from now to the end of the season. Laxall is not going to be there next season. If we've got any, if we've got any, a like idea of getting rid of Scott Brown, I think yesterday showed that we can't get rid of Scott Brown at this precise yeah. moment in time. Definitely. David Turnbull's going to be there next season. Callum McGregor's going to be there next season. So when like you look at the subs that came on yesterday, Lee Griffiths, there's all, there's always a question mark over Lee Griffiths at Celtic. Eddie checked out possibly in the summer, last summer. Moy, is, are, are we going to keep Moy? Probably not because of the, the financial implications of trying to get him full time. And actually, has he done enough for to, to take us for us to take him full time? For me, um, he's too inconsistent. I happen to think if the team was performing better, I still think, I think considering the season we've had, his numbers are good. Goal scoring numbers are very good. I think it's 15 he was up to yesterday. Mm-hmm. He doesn't start every game. He's played a couple of different positions as well and the team's been crap. I happen to think if we'd had a good season this year, if other players had played at a better level, I think he could have been 20 goals. Uh, I don't think Celtic will keep him because he again is just going to be associated with what has been a, di- a disastrous season. Um, I happen to think though he is good enough to be part of what we do next year if we did keep him I think he needs better management he needs better players around him um, and he needs to play more regularly and he would play more regularly because if he was playing with in a better vibe of a team or a team with more confidence and he'd be scoring even more goals I think he's I think he's got a real eye for goal um, or maybe not necessarily as an out and out striker um, but he's always had, he's always uh, struck me as someone who's a good finisher um, he could be the guy that, you know, sort of gets you the sort of commons, I think, sort of levels of goals. 25, 30, I, know, I think it was one season commons, got a lot more than that. But in general, 25, 30, I think he could he could probably get you that for a few years. But he's un, he's going to be tarred with the brush of this season. And if we couldn't get in the Celtic side regularly this season, Kev, then it's going to be hard to convince the board or the new CEO to part with £5 million for him in the summer. It is going to be difficult, but then again, that's going to be up to what we expect to be a director of football to come in and um, whoever's getting interviewed for the director of football role or whoever's been given the director of football role, we don't know, will be watching that side. He will know, he will know like confidential details of how much it's going to get guys like Moy, Laxalt. He's going to know like what's going to happen in the summer, who's going to go, who's going to stay, how much money we're likely to have. So he, whoever is going to be the director of football will already be thinking ahead. And he might he might have a look at Moy's goal return and go, there is a player there. If we get a, a, a dressing room with a better attitude, then we're going to get something out of that player. Yeah, and you might take him, you might take them. Now, the byline is, uh, I'm, I'm actually, I'll come back to the byline, but Brian Conway, 60. Uh, Maresca has a better CV than Lennon had when he was appointed first time around. I think that's true, but we're going to mention no, John. 
we're going to mention John Barnes twice on this podcast. What Neil Lennon had was the Celtic background. Maresca wouldn't actually get on. Maresca wouldn't tick a lot of the boxes because he hasn't got that Celtic background for a lot of a lot of the support. And that is a sad thing to see in 2021. It is a real sad yeah. thing to say in 2021 that this is the reason that the lazy options like Roy Keane are getting bandied about because they're supposedly Celtic-minded. And we've got to move away as a, from a, as a support. Maresca probably has got a better CV than what Lennon had, but I, but then if you sit on the fence, which I'm chaffing sitting on this fence with him, I can see where Anthony Hargett is coming for, but I can see where Brian Conway is coming for as well. I'm right on that fence and it's sore sitting right on that fence with somebody like Maresca. But I can see, are the fans looking for, what the, what the fans looking for? Are they looking for a coaching team or are they looking for a showbiz front name? I think, I think, we, need, I think we need to get a wee bit realistic though as well and say um, Maresca has a better CV than Neil Lennon did first time round. Neil Lennon first time round didn't win the league um, first season and won it uh, the second season uh, with an amazing comeback and don't take anything away from him on that. I don't think, you know, you get the first season not to win the league uh, next year. I think we need that league one. Um, so I don't think Lennon's first time round being appointed should at any point be the parameter by which we then base, you know, our opinion on the next manager. I mean, put it this way, Maresca, you know, let's think for more positive thing. When Brendan Rodgers took over, his CB is 10 times 20 times better than what Enzo Maresca's is. Is that not a more positive period in the club's history to be looking at that we should be striving to achieve? So if you look at it that way, forget it. Um, for me, I've said this already and I stand by it. Um, Maresca would have had my, would have more backing if we got the job done this year. And we still could have got the job done this year if we got rid of I switched to Boost Mobile and got a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Want to know the best part? Uh, it was free? Nope. The fact that it's on America's largest 5G networks? Nope. It's the ding. Oh, yeah. Love the ding. Right? It's all about the ding. It's the dingarooski, the dingarona, the ring-a-ding-ding. Unleash your power to save with Boost. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone when you switch. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. And the ding. Limited time offer. New customers only. Available on select networks. 5G not available everywhere. One device per line. Tax excluded. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details. This week on the Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Neil Lennon at a decent time and got in a safe pair of hands at the end of the season or whatever, or if Lennon had just... I don't know, done his job right or whatever and the players had not capitulated the way they did. And, but if we'd won 10, an appointment like Maresca gets the benefit of the doubt, shall we say, uh, with an openness and a, you know, a, 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 I mean, you're on such a crest of a wave as well. There's just such a positive vibe. It's going to get that back. And not, it's not, now it's, now Celtic have completely been the catalyst in their own downfall because now their, their next appointment needs to be tempered with, um, demands that are going to be a lot more impatient from the Celtic fans uh, next season than what they have been this year. 
And that's one thing we're going to need. We are going to need patience. I noticed some comments yesterday saying that Rangers weren't uh, that far in front of Celtic. If you look at the last two games when we have dominated for certain periods, but then when things have swung certain ways, you don't need to play well. When you have a look at uh, look at the season Rangers are having, you, you just kind of knew that they were going to equalise yesterday. And you just kind of knew that we could we weren't going to have a clean sheet because that's the way yeah. it swung. I, I get the. We could improve with better coaching, and that's where we need to go. But we need... We, we, if you bring in somebody like Maresca, he's going to need the Steven Gerrard free year. He's, he's going to need the Gerrard free year until you actually get a team. And are the Celtic support going to be patient enough to actually give him those free seasons? I would very much doubt a lot of the Celtic support would. Um, I mean, uh, again, we're going to have to go back to apathy. And... The, that we didn't sack Neil Lennon earlier than we did actually screams off the board writing this season off. They just writ it off. And no, really can do that, though. I know. That drives me nuts that even you're saying that because I think you're right. That actually drives me mad that you're saying that. Do you know that? How can you? How can you just write it off? How can you go? Ah, oh, well, it's like the game's a bogey. We'll just stick with him for now, and unless things get really, really, really bad, then we'll let him go. Come on. That can't be like how a big club thinks. We must be the only big club, or we must be the only one club since 1888 that acts like that. Honestly, if that is right, and I've got a horrible feeling you could be right, that's shocking. That is shocking, and and we've got to maybe, as a support, right? I was listening to another podcast the other day, and they were talking about, uh, I'm going to go American football here again, and they were talking about uh, New England Patriot fans who have seen a decade of dominance under uh, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And last season was it, last last season was the first season that they didn't make the playoffs. And the New England Patriot fans were going absolutely mental. And it's a bit like Yankees fans in baseball. Once you've actually been to the top, it's difficult to readjust to not the natural order of where you actually are. Yes, like you look at the, the Yankees in baseball, they still compete, but they've not been anywhere near the World Series for a, 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 for years now. You look at the Patriots; they never competed last season. They never they never got to the never got to the playoffs. So their fans are all up in arms. We're coming off a period that I'll probably never see again domestically. The, my great, my my four greatest seasons watching Celtic, probably up there with the Martin O'Neill years, up there with the Martin O'Neill years of dominance that we'll probably never see again. And I think a lot of Celtic fans are going are going to maybe need to taper their expectations of what we're going to get in the summer and where we're going to be at this point next season. I think if we're sitting here next point next season challenging, I'll be really, really happy. If if all things stay if all if all things stay the same, if all things stay the same, like with with, with Rangers, if Gerard's still there, if they if they've pushed on, if they've got into the Champions League, if we're up there challenging at this point next season, I think we've got to be happy with that with the size of the rebuild. And we've just got to accept, by the way, I've seen the greatest period of domination I'm ever going to see. Now Let's move on. Let's accept the challenge of what's actually in front of us. 
That's not going to go down that well, though, is it? It's no, not, no. It's, I, get, I, get, I get what you're saying. You've been very reasonable, Kev. You've been very reasonable. Um, I also happen to think, though, looking back can be very, very dangerous for clubs to always do that nostalgia trip and look at, oh, but look what we have done. It's very much about, yes, it is going to be a new start, but need to go, you need to hit that start off, you know, you know, the best way imaginable, the best way possible, and to get the fans on side and then enter the next era of an amazing three, four year of dominance that we've never seen before since the Brendan Rogers era, and then you'll talk or the Invincibles era and you'll talk about all that. Um I think as well we need to also look at the the basic facts right now. Barring a really unlikely uh, sequence of events, if whoever wins the SPL next year qualifies automatically for the Champions League group stage. So it's great to say, yes, we might need to be patient, it's right to give it three years. But in those three years, the competition is stretching further and further ahead because they're getting gifted 35, 40 millions from TV deals. So that project that you started one year ago has actually manifested into a brand, you know, an even harder task. And in three years, if you're setting three years aside, but the other team is bringing in revenues that they've never brought in in ages and continually to put their foot down, when does it ever end? For me, right now, whilst it might be a rebuild, I still think it is not uh, over and done uh, that Rangers now enter a period of domination. In fact, I think the League Cup exit I actually thought of Freightley's on Thursday night. Not that we're going to go into that too much. It's a Celtic state of mind, and I prefer to be um, a Celtic fan uh, and talk about Celtic things. But you're, you're, are, you're, you're prepared to be a Celtic fan. No, sorry, I didn't. Sorry, <laughs> no, I don't know what I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm first and foremost a Celtic fan, and I'm That's not. A I'm not I, I, I like to just. I prefer to be a Celtic fan, not prepared. That sort of thing rather than an anti-Rangers fan. But I thought on Thursday, you looked at their frailties, their vulnerabilities, and their old ways coming right back into them. Um, I mean, the racism stuff aside, that's important, I've said that. But their ill discipline on the pitch when they realised it wasn't going their way. They were there for the take and still this year if Celtic could actually lay a glove on them. Um, it's my belief they'll still be the majority of that group the same next year, but we've allowed them the experience of winning a trophy, albeit that. But on Thursday, they were already champions of Scotland and they crumbled as far as I'm concerned, uh, when the pressure was on. Quick turnaround this year and play and get the right players in, uh, the right decisions made, and get someone who knows how to do it who's going to capture the imagination. That can be turned back in a row in one season. Then you can bank that 30 million Champions League check in at the bank as well. That's what we need to be doing. We need to be thinking realistically, Kev, as well, about three-year projects. We could be getting left, left behind if that's the case as well. Uh, as a... I mean, we, we have a look at, we, we, we're conditioned now, we're absolutely conditioned now to say money is everything in football, right? And you have a look at the teams that have popped us at the Champions League, they've got a fraction of your budget. You, you look at um, Rangers' budget compared to ours, like I think your wage bill's maybe £10 million higher. Than, than Rangers at this precise moment in time. Uh, that'll, that'll probably level out because there's no danger that we're paying any bonuses out this year anyway. So, 
that's going to level out. And I, I, I don't get that. I, you've, you, they, I, I, they get thirty million pound, and it gives them a, gives them a better hangway. But then you look at us. We've made an we've made an absolute mess of things this season. So it can happen if you've got a team that's worth a team that's a summon more more than its parts. If you've got a decent manager, and this is where a decent football department. And this is where we fell down in the last eighteen months. Our football, de- our football de- department has basically has basically exploded like one of the big pussy spots that you get on your forehead or on that te- <laughs> or on that or on that telly program. What's it? Horrible bodies or something like that. Eh? Yeah. That's what it's like. That's what it's like. It's just got bigger and bigger and bigger, and somebody just went, "Oh, I'm going to just squeeze it," and now we're cleaning up the mess. And we could be cleaning up the mess for a couple of seasons. You, you listen to um, the Celtic Soul podcast by Andrew Mullen. Andrew Mullen will be listening. Hi, Andrew, uh, with David Law. Now, David Law is a close confidant and friend of Neil Lennon, and over the podcast, he says on the podcast that he done with Andrew at the weekend, and this has came directly from Lennon, there's no point in hiding on this, there's, there's no point denying that, there's no point David denying that either. Six players chucked it down tools at the start of the season. Six players. And it's easy enough, it's easy enough to point the ones who have down tools, but it would be very difficult for a manager to handle that. And I reckon your dressing room's been poisoned this season. I reckon when you, you hear the snippets coming out from the manager downwards, our dressing room hasn't been a nice place to be. I agree. And that's not the pressure of 10. That's just the pressure of modern football. That's just a pressure of players not wanting to be there anymore who were promised. It goes back to what you says last week. They were promised the dream. And now they're getting told, no, we need you to stay for one more year. And they're going, we're not interested in that dream. We're more interested in moving on. That's right. And I think we've actually seen the downside. We've seen the downside of that cycle ending. And now we're going into the next cycle. And it's very difficult to be excited about the next cycle because we don't know what it's going to look look like. If Celtic were, were to announce tomorrow what it's going to look like, do you think we would get the bounce? Do you no. think the players would get the bounce? I think I think um, it's too far gone this season. I think uh, it's a bounce purely for the fans. I think the season ticket renewals will get a bounce. I think Twitter might see a bounce. And I know I talk about Twitter quite a lot on this, but I think you do realise how important these aspects are now in modern football. And that's where you really see amazing debate on shows like this and on places like Twitter. And I think they would all get a bounce if that decision was made. From the player's point of view, I believe there's a, there's a malaise, as I say, that I think has taken over it. Um, I think John Kennedy has proven now he was as much part of the problem as Neil Lennon in terms of maybe just the football and base. I think John Kennedy comes over a really good guy and he maybe wouldn't make controversial comments or he might not give the hairdryer treatment to players that will upset them and things like that as much. So he might have a better influence that way. I think footballing-wise, I think it looks very much same old, same old. In fact, I can't believe we're back to not playing the diamond midfield two up top. I thought it worked so much better. But anyway, that's a completely different argument. Um, I can't see between now and the end of the season anything turning around that group of players because like you just said, there were six one-aways. By my record, that means there's still five in there. Um, let's see. 
we'll, we'll we have wild guesses. We'll have wild guesses here to see who, who the six players were. Well, right David Lowe says he would never sign a French player again. So like, let's count. Let's count Eddie Cham and Julien as three who have done tools for the manager. You've got Christopher Ayer, who has now been in Scotland for five years. He's been in Scotland for five years. He's internationals managers telling him that he has to move on and he, ha- he will have an agent telling him it's time to move on as well. I think Christopher Ayer, of the players who we, we can uh, think that, that, that we can claim that have down tools. We're not saying that they have. Uh, we're not saying that they have. have. <laughs> well, as Celtic Rob quite lightly says, Lennon always blames others. Yeah, uh, Lena always blames other, and all, all managers seem to blame other folk. Our producer Paul comes in and says, "Anyone claiming Ayer has down tools is deluded." I one hundred percent agree with that. Of the players who we are going to claim have down tools, Christopher Ayer hasn't down down tools. No, has he? Heck, but I get I get where you're coming from. That might be one of the ones that Lennon was alluding to that. Because remember, Lennon made this comment about, you know, that they want out in August. And it may well be that Chris Hire had said he wanted to leave then. You know, so, uh, yeah, I don't, but think on the park, has he heck? I mean, he's been absolute, he's been inspiring at times in a season of no inspiration. For me, he's he's only one for me that can actually look himself in the mirror and go, I actually tried. I actually tried at least 99%. Maybe not 100, <laughs> but, I, but I tried at least 99% here. Eh? I've, got a, I've, got a, I've got a bit of professional pride about myself. Tom Rogic. Nah. He's going to go to Qatar. He was, but I think it was Celtic that were pushing that. I do for, but I think what we're seeing by Tam is just... He's down, down tools five years ago. He's never, had, he's never picked up the tools. Yeah, he just does what he wants. He picks up the he picks up the tool he, he, he picks up the tools occasionally <laughs> when he wants. Um, I reckon a, a Dutch speaking Frenchman who's now playing in Germany down tools. Yes, uh, I, yeah. I, I, I think he he was another one. I think um, somebody whose best pal Stuart Armstrong. <laughs> has probably had his mind turned this season, and I did, I did, I did say that er- I did say that earlier on. That I think uh, he believes his own hype. I think, uh, and you know something. I think I almost feel. I mean, just for a wee bit of balance, Christie gets it tight. Um, you can't help but you know create narratives with players like him, though. And one of the things with Christie is that is so frustrating is when he's trying things and all that, they're that ridiculous, some of the shots that go so far over the bar, they're so, you know, why are you doing that there? There was other options available. They're so standout-ish, if you know what I mean. Like he's up there to be shot at, isn't he, basically, you know, for for the mistakes he makes. And it's, cre- it's, too, it's so easy to create narratives of him. I believe, I mean, I've been told that by other folk, I mean, he definitely did make noises to to leave the club. He's certainly, like he said, that he, that he, he wanted to leave. And I think the way he plays does suggest that, you know, his head has been turned and he's, he's put his sort of wildly. I, I think, as I say, if his head's out the door, then take his feet with him. Take his feet with him. That was a good one, eh? I, loved I, I absolutely loved that. I thought it was really good. So we've got, so we've got the Frenchmen free, 
a French-speaking Dutchman, a Chukter, and Christopher Ayer. <laughs> so, so that, 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 that's, uh, that, 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 that's the six that, that we reckon what, that Neil Lennon was talking about after uh, after Ferrer Vanosh. So, and then, then what else you've got? Ball and golly shows that there's no discipline at the club. And I got shot down for saying that at the time when he decided yeah. to go to Spain for a date. And you wonder how far deeper it runs as well. This might sound a wee bit off topic, but I always tend to go off on a tangent for one of my random comparisons. We've not picked up on it, right? And just to show, like you say, about the lack of discipline in the squad, or the lack of effort, the lack of mojo, Scott Bain yesterday is laughing when he nearly makes the biggest muck-up ever, you know, when he boots the ball off the defender. Or the Rangers player, if I was, sorry. Remember when he tried to clear it? Aye. Mind you, I was and laughing got, as well. <laughs> he's got, aye, he starts laughing. Let's just contrast and compare with the goal at the other end and how he would react if that happened. Don't get me wrong, McGregor would have blamed it on the other player, you know, if he'd, if he'd hit the ball from But he wouldn't be laughing. I, I just feel moments like that, to me, when we're talking about players that are t- maybe taking it too lightly, I don't know how laughter can be the reaction in this game and it's 1-1 one, one and we're pushing, we need a win. You should be relieved. You should be wiping your brow and getting on with it. Trust me. It's not a laughter moment. I don't think anyway. I just don't think, I just don't think it sends the wrong message, stuff like that. And again, I just, you contrast, you compare winners, with, you know, uh, across the, the, another, another goal mouth and I just don't see Alan McGregor who'd already, who'd, who'd already won the league. If that was him, I don't think he'd have been laughing. I don't. Th- I, I don't think he would have been laughing. And as you say, the, the Rangers have had like that mentality this season, and yeah. you do need that mentality. But you also, I'm going to say this, and I didn't like saying this, but I'm. Uh, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to go down this path. I want to see them with full stadiums and us close to them. I want to see if they've got the mentality. Then it's it's okay playing glorified training games. That's fine. Yesterday was nothing but a glorified training game. But mm. what happens if you make that mistake and you've got 40,000, 50,000 fans on your back? Or you've got a rabid away support and you have been scored at New St. Murn Park after the first 15 minutes and the support start panicking because they hear that the, the rivals are one nothing up. We've all been there. We've all been at games when that's actually happened and yep. turned. This is, it's like playing... Playing football at the, mo- at the moment is like playing football in a snow globe. You can shake it, but everything just falls back normally. There's there's nothing unusual. There's nothing emotional about the game. I mean that was that was seen yesterday where there was hardly any bad challenges that were, that were. Um, it came up. I mean, there, there, there was no there was no bite in that game yesterday. Oh, obviously, it's a, it, obviously it's a dead rubber. So we're talking about the rebuild next season, the players, we, I mean, that's all we've spoken about on this podcast for weeks and weeks. So it's not hard to feel that the players are thinking the same. Moyes maybe already uh, piece, 100% well, possible. Imagine if, that was, imagine if that was Barkas laughing. And you've got, that's brilliant. I'm going I'm, I'm to pick up on that because it was me that made the point. I just want to say, I think that's actually a better comparison than the McGregor one. And I'll tell you what, because Barkas has been absolutely pilloried from, you know, from pillar to post slated um, for, at the end of the day, for not making a world-class save. And I've said before, I think the difference is 
a top, top keeper. Okay, Barkas could argue he's not a chance with any of the goals, but a really good goalkeeper does save one of those group of, group of efforts anyway. They just do. But he has been absolutely derided by, first and foremost, Celtic, by the way, the way he's been treated. In and out of the team, out the squad one minute and back in for three games and not just drop to the bench, out the squad again, things like that. Um, I think if he was laughing right now, it would be a gif on Twitter. Well, it would be, definitely. I'm going to actually bring up a comment here that's just disappeared if Paul's here. Be Union 1872. Don't know who he supports. The nature of of football is no crowd. Basically training, as you say, then adapt. Rangers have. I'm no disagreeing with that comment. Celtic haven't adapted to having no crowds there. Rangers have. I'm I'm not disagreeing with that. The facts speak for themselves. 20 points speaks for themselves. I think the point you were making is, I think the point you were making is, though, that whilst that is spot on, football will be played in front of crowds, though. 90 seasons out of 99 seasons out of 100, you know? So, Mm -hmm. whilst Rangers have adapted to that better, it's all about whether Rangers can then take that into doing it in front of crowds, because we all know, um, via their captain in the programme notes, that they couldn't. And they didn't like it. They didn't like the pressure from the crowds. So it is very interesting. We know Celtic can do it in front of a crowd, even though it's going to be a whole new team. <laughs> Maybe it is irrelevant, but, you know. but I mean, I think um, Rangers definitely have to have to prove they can adapt again. That's the only thing I would say. Whereas a lot of those Celtic players already have the proof in the pudding. They can do it in front of crowds. But a trophy always helps. And to be uh, you know to be completely balanced. Winning that trophy can only give them confidence, you know, that guys like James Tavernier can maybe hack it in front of a crowd, you know? <laughs> it's a Celtic state of mind there. We can't be completely balanced. We can't have complete balance. Kevin Byrne reckoned Junior in 1872 as a Hearts fan. Good shout, mate. That's, <laughs> that's a decent shout. Uh, Brian Watt, Barkas looks like he freezes in big moments, doesn't command his area. I don't think I've said this plenty of times, and I don't, I don't, I don't think Barkas will. I, I don't think Barkas will get jettisoned next season. I don't think they'll get rid of Barkas next season because we've spent a lot of money on him, and I want to see him. We wouldn't need jettison a goalkeeper that we've spent four million pound on after a season. That's that's just that's just my opinion, and he will get a chance to impress the new head coach when he comes in. So will Ayeti. Yesterday, it looks like to go back to what the the the, type, the tagline it is. It looks like John Kennedy has chucked the towel on Barkas and Ayeti and Kamala. And we're going to see guys like Griffiths. We're going to see the substitutions that we saw yesterday coming on, basically, for now at the end of the season. What Kennedy wants to do is he's just basically going to carry on what Neil Lennon done and hopefully the good players get us over the line. And I'm going to give him a smudging benefit of the doubt here, a smudging. We do actually look a bit more shape. We do actually look like we've got a bit more shape and we do keep the ball better than what we did under Neil Lennon. But that's the only difference I see. We're no fitter, we're no quicker. We still, we're still as powder puff in front of goal. I mean, in the last two games against Dundee United and Rangers, we've had 43 shots on goal, 20 on target and we've only scored once. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, I think maybe the one thing you would like to- you would like to think Kennedy's just maybe missing a wee bit as well. Is is he elevating players before they go? And we know about the coaching side of things that players seem to be reacting more to just 
technical side of the game and getting mollycoddled and coached and stuff. But there's still a motivational part to do, and I, I am not convinced, unless, I mean, he's completely different behind closed doors, but the demeanour that Kennedy comes over, whether it be on the touchline or in interviews, is very level-headed, very controlled. And I'm not quite sure he, you know, Brendan Rodgers was like that as well, very leveled, very controlled. Had a degree in psychology, I think it was, or something like that. It was something along those lines anyway. So he knew how to do some Jedi mind tricks, man, you know what I mean? Whereas I don't think, uh, I don't think, I don't think Kennedy's like that. And it's it's great coaching players through how you want them to set up, how you want them to play. But you also need to give them 120% belief. You know, they need to be able to believe they're capable of more than what they probably are. And I'm not quite sure that those players go out there feeling, you know, like, well, in fact, they didn't yesterday because they didn't play like players that, to me, believed in themselves um, like they should. And I think that's what makes a great manager in the modern day. I think Mourinho's an amazing motivator. I think he's technically he's brilliant. I just think at times it's the modern way of playing that he's just, he can't. I watched him do an eight-minute interview. I'm going off with Clangent again. But when they got put out of Europa on Thursday, I watched his eight-minute interview and I thought, he is right in every single thing he says. But does the modern player agree with that? And I think Kennedy does the opposite, but he doesn't. I don't think he strikes me as someone who knows how to get the, the motivation levels up. And striking that balance in the modern game is very difficult. I'm not taking anything away. Right, I'll, I'll take them. No, you didn't go down a rabbit hole there. That was actually a good segue. I think that's what it's called in this game, segues, early. I watched much Thank of the <laughs> and it wasn't scripted either. I mean, if folk think this is scripted, man, I think they've got a problem. Uh, <laughs> it can't uh, be what I'm on. It can't be what I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was I talking about? Match of the Day 2 last night. Yeah. Uh, Carlton Cole was on Match of the Day 2. We'll always have Carlton, goal, Carl, Carlton Cole's goal in Inverness. We'll always have that. I mean, totally. and, and, and these bad times, I always remember that goal in Inverness by the big man. One of the bizarrest goals I've ever seen in my life. Um, what he basically says, there was an interview with uh, Mourinho and Mourinho was talking about he wanted players to dream. He wanted dreamers on the pitch and dreamers on his bench who, who they could achieve. And I, I can't remember the... What, what's it? Is it Chappers? Is that what Chris Moyles yeah, used to call him? Mark Chapman. Mark Chapman. He asked Carlton Cole if... Uh, Jose Mourinho says that to you, hope would you do, and Carlton Cole with that, I wouldn't be listening. So that, that was his answer. He went, I wouldn't be listening to what Jose was saying to me. So you'll have players in that dressing room. Wow. Because Mourinho says it that many times, it's new just, it's new just wallpaper. So the players have switched off that he's berated them and chucked them under the proverbial bus that many times it is now just wallpaper it doesn't mean anything it's no having a desired effect so yeah, I mean, uh, it, says, it says a lot about the modern player I don't dispute what you're saying that sounds probably bang on it frustrates the life out of me if I'm being honest to you but maybe, maybe it says more about Carlton Cole and what it does modern football players right enough but no, I think he is. I think he's. I think he's probably onto something there, Kev. To be fair, and that actually, you know, it, it cheeses you off hearing that because you just think, really, is that like, is that is, was that what it's came to? Because you've said it so many times. Maybe if you actually did your job, you wouldn't need to say it so many times. And I just feel that 
whoever it is that comes in to, to get back to you know the, the point at hand here for Celtic's point of view, they're going to need to be someone who strikes, I think, particularly at a club like Celtic, because the need is so great when you're under this pressure, it's going to be need to be someone that I don't think maybe Kennedy did yesterday, that does know how to G up the players and get them fired up, but without, you know, hurting their little feelings and all that, do you know what I mean, at the same time, and someone that can also take them in the training ground and so, lay out all the cones for them and tell them in 10 minutes you're going to play a five-yard pass forward, and in the 12th minute you might try and win a header, and you'd be really brave if you did that, son, and we all so, believe so, that we can do it. So it's so quite a difficult balance in that. So, so you're basically shouting for Roy Keane to get the Celtic job then? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Martinez, mate, I'm telling you. Martinez, is that the, what's, what's, Mart, what's Martinez's Man City connection? Has he got a Man City connection? Because <laughs> uh, everybody we seem to be linked to has got a Man City connection. Uh, Craig, Craig Hazel, uh, hiya Craig, how are you? Uh, has put in the comments, we could have had Joe Hart for hee-haw in the summer. Don't remember we all slagged Joe Hart when we could have had him. Oh no, I'm sorry. I think I think for me, you know, we talk about Barcast hasn't made a meaningful save this season. Joe Hart hasn't made a meaningful save in about ten years, so no chance. Uh, Terrible. Terrible. Even been a disaster. I'm just having a look to see if there's any any more uh, uh, comments that we can go he's through. He's saying any more good comments. That's basically what he's saying. Don't take it personally, lads. <laughs> Thomas McMahon, the Man City Cartel depression, uh, depressing. Kieran Nolan, play, players need to take more ownership. Manager can only do so much. Players, play, the players are lonely. Players are lonely folk that can get managers sacked. As that's that's been the the that's been football over the back for uh, years and years. There has to be a leveller with that, though, just to quickly say as well. That, that pendulum has to start. I, mean, I don't know whether it's going to be wages that will end up coming down to dictate that. Not that I can see that happening. Or what the what the key variable is in that pendulum swinging again, where you get players playing for managers again, you know, that, that know they're lucky to be where they are as opposed to being far too aware of the power that they've got and that if they muck, if, you know, if they muck up, it'll be the manager who loses his job, not them. Sad. Mm-hmm. It is sad, but that's that's the way the cookie crumbles in this world, eh? Um, right, everybody, that, we've been on for an hour and four minutes, Russell. Um, <laughs> never spoke about surprised. I never spoke about half the things I wrote down in my notes. <laughs> uh, so I'll just throw them behind my head. Um, so what we'll actually do is, everybody subscribe. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. Uh, button down below. Um me and Russell are going to be back tomorrow night for Scream of Celica and, and I don't think we've chose our albums yet but we, no. we're looking we've actually moved forward in time mm-hmm. um, we're going to do a bit of share if I could turn back time but we've actually went forward in time to 2011 and we're going to be talking about a game which um, probably saved Neil Lennon the first time round and we'll be looking at see We'll be looking and we'll look and see. Maybe we'll go down a parallel universe. I like going down parallel universe. Ah, I like going down that. What happens, if, what happens if we didn't draw 3H? 
at Rugby Park that day. Oh, yes, yes. Where would we be? What would have happened? That's a, that's a different take on it. We'll go down that. Feed the Bear comes in with Pink Floyd, please. Strangely enough, Dark Side of the Moon was in the album charts that week for some bizarre reason. So we can talk about Dark Side of the Moon tomorrow night, Feed the Bear. We'll maybe talk about that. We will talk about that side of the moon um, the more night. So, lads, everybody out there, stay safe. Hail, hail. Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I switched to Boost Mobile and got a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Want to know the best part? Uh, it was free? Nope. The fact that it's on America's largest 5G networks? Nope. It's the ding. Oh, yeah. Love the ding. Right? It's all about the ding. It's the dingarooski, the dingarona, the ring-a-ding-ding. Unleash your power to save with Boost. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone when you switch. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. And the ding. Limited time offer. New customers only. Available on select networks. 5G not available everywhere. One device per line. Tax excluded. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.